Mindfulness Mode 470. Because I believe leadership is a discipline of service. Service to create a world where people are happy, fulfilled, and engaged. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to Mindfulness Mode. I'm Bruce Langford. It's great to have you here. If you're new, great to have you here as well. Hey, I'm going to be speaking on an online summit that's coming up. It's called the Inspirational Leadership Summit. There will be over 35 speakers, and today's guest is the host of the summit. The summit is about emotional intelligence, leadership, well-being, and of course, mindfulness will be a big part of it. One of the speakers is Daniel Goleman, author of the incredible book, Emotional Intelligence. Dory Clark will be a speaker. She's very well known. My friend Michael Neely, host of the podcast, Consciously Speaking, will be there. And you can sign up for this free summit at mindfulnessmode.com slash I-L-S, standing for Inspirational Leadership Summit. I'm excited to be on the summit, and I'm excited to welcome the host of the summit right here today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's interview with Archana Shetty. Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're talking today about leadership. And not just with anyone, with an expert in leadership, someone who is into emotional intelligence and can really fill us in with a lot of information here. I have Archana Shetty with me today. Archana, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yes, I am. I am fully present. It's so great to to have you with us. Thank you for being on the show. It's so exciting. Archana Shetty empowers leaders to be incredibly impactful and inspirational while maintaining their impact with no chance of burnout. She's an expert in emotional intelligence, like I just said, and peak performance. And she's heading an upcoming summit called the Inspirational Leadership Summit 2019. Archana is also the founder of Next Gen Leadership, which is a model for transformational leadership focusing on emotional intelligence and well-being. And you can check out that Leadership Summit by simply going to inspirationalleadershipsummit.com. And you'll see all the information there. So, Archana, I want to ask you what mindfulness means to you. Right. Thanks, Bruce, for having me and giving me the opportunity to be able to talk about mindfulness to your people. I think the work that you're doing is absolutely great. And it's so important to be mindful, not only in your daily life, but your work with your family, with your community. So mindfulness for me is about being present being present to the situation, being present to yourself and being present to the situations that are happening around you and then taking the next step. So it's mindfulness is pausing, recognizing what is happening within yourself, recognizing what is the impact that you're having on others and recognizing that these emotions, your behaviors can have an impact on others. So it is the art of noticing, pausing and then taking action. Well, Arjan, I want to talk to you right off the bat about leadership, because I know that's your area of expertise. How can mindfulness help us to be better leaders? Right. 
I'm so glad you asked this question, uh, Bruce, because I believe leadership is a discipline of service. Service to create a world where people are happy, fulfilled, and engaged. And I see that there is a gap in leadership at the moment now because the old models are not working. We are in a constant phase of change. Technology changes, people change, market changes. The old models that were once effective are no longer effective. So mindfulness is a way that we can tap into ourselves to lead from within and know what impact that we are having on others. So mindfulness is a very powerful tool for leaders to lead from within. Let's talk about women in leadership. Tell me how do you think the world is evolving when it comes to women in leadership? Right. I'm glad that you asked this question. It's a great question because women play a very important role and it becomes all the more difficult for women because you're balancing many things at once. You're balancing your career, you're balancing your families, you're balancing a community and the voluntary work that you do. So sometimes it is challenging, but then we need to have the diverse views of women across different cultures in the workplace because when we have these diverse views, that is where growth and innovation happens. And let me tell you that, you know, because we ha all have this implicit bias, we see many people succeeding at work, those are men. So we think that uh, leadership is men or successful people are men. But it is the bias that we have because we've been brought up in a culture or because of the experiences that we have that has shaped our thoughts. So we just need to be mindful of what is going on with our, within ourselves and remove the bias and create more opportunities for women to express their opinions, to express their voices. That is how we can support women come up as leaders. And what are some of the specific ways you feel that women are different in their leadership styles? Specifically, I can say that when it comes to emotional intelligence, we are naturally you know, inclined to be more empathetic. We understand people a little more differently than what men do. So we can, women can exercise empathy, compassion, you know, self-awareness, self-management a little more better than men. It's not that, you know, we are better than men in all this aspect, but it comes so natural to women. So tap in those strengths of the women and help them be better leaders. When did you first become interested in emotional intelligence and start studying that area? A couple of, I've been doing leadership work for the past uh, almost 18, 20 years. I've grown as a leader in a, in a big organization, in a financial organization. And as I've started working and also with my consulting and coaching work, so I started noticing the gap that people are good technically, people are competent. But when it comes to leadership, your technical competencies will take you only to a certain level. To actually grow as leaders, you need something more. As I told you at the beginning, that the old models don't work. The command and control styles don't work. And especially with the millennials and the Gen Z entering the workforce, they no longer want to be told what to do. You have to have a different style of leadership. So that led me to a curiosity of how do I bridge this gap? And I went on to study emotional intelligence with Daniel Goldman. And that was two years ago. So this is how my interest in emotional intelligence has evolved. And I have actually applied the model on myself. So working on emotional intelligence has not only helped me become a better leader, it has also helped me improve my relationship. 
So that is why I am a huge advocate of using emotional intelligence, not only in your personal life, but also in your professional life. Daniel Goldman wrote the book on emotional intelligence. Emotional. Tell me about the studying you did with Daniel. Were you on a team? Were you in a group with him? Were you in a sort of an online workshop? Tell us how that looked. So Daniel Goldman runs an emotional intelligence certification program. So that's built on a model that he advocates for emotional intelligence. So the model is about self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship uh, management. So these are the four domains or the competencies of emotional intelligence. So it's a year-long program. So where we go for um, a couple of residencies to be in a team together, working together, understanding what is emotional intelligence. So it is a model where you learn, you apply, you apply the model on yourself, see the transformation that is happening within yourself, and then journal. So learning, application, and reflection are the three components of, of the program. And I truly believe it is very powerful because learning you can learn by uh, Google. <laughs> Google helps us learn. We don't, uh, and there are many books, many courses. But only when you apply what you learn, the real transformation happens. And the change happens when you do some reflection over it. So saying, how have I applied this model today? What, what worked? What didn't work? What can I do differently tomorrow using this model? So it is a combination of learning, applying, and reflection that is powerful. And this is exactly the same method that I use in my model as well, which I call as a next-gen leadership model. Archana, I know that you're a world traveler and you teach people leadership in all parts of the world. Are there some differences that you see in different parts of the world in leadership styles, like in North America and in Asia and in Europe? What are some of the differences? I can speak for Asia, uh, the country. I come from India. So we are raised to be very competitive. So we are raised to, uh, you know, climb up the ladders by doing well. So this is the culture. We, we pay a lot of importance to academics. So it's always technical. Uh, the culture demands that you be technically competent. We, though our rich Indian culture also has, you know, we come from a history of yoga, Ayurveda, meditation, mindfulness. But unfortunately, I feel that is not tapped fully, you know, especially when we're developing our children, when we're developing our leaders. It is taken up as a separate subject. I feel it should be taken up together for leadership development because for leaders to develop and grow as leaders, you need to be mindful. You need to be. It is not a good to have. It's a must have. What do you think we can learn about leadership from our young people? I believe there is a school of thought that millennials are entitled. They are entitled. This is the common philosophy. And I feel, no, we can, we can learn a lot from them. Each generation has its own strengths. They come from that mindset of freedom, of, you know, of knowing that I can be the, <laughs> be the next generation leader tomorrow. But then look at the courage, look at the confidence that they have. What brings in that confidence? It is a mindset. So I think there is a lot of um, uh, potential within the millennials, which we need to tap into. It is just by us being open and aware and willing to accept them as they are, willing to have a dialogue with them rather than telling them what to do. Be curious, be inquisitive to what they can offer. That's when the change can happen. I think curiosity 
and inquiries very important when we are learning to work with millennials because that is how you can get the best work done yeah i would agree with that completely archana if let's say that we have a lot of leaders listening right now, which we probably do to this podcast. Can you give us one suggestion of one way that could be connected to mindfulness in how I could be a better leader? Right. So as leaders, we all face challenges. We have ups and downs. There are problems and day-to-day situations we have to deal with. So during these situations, we all go through different emotions emotions of anger, emotions of happiness, joy, sadness, and stress, frustration. When things don't get done, we get frustrated. Or when there is a team member who is not fully delivering, we get angry. So what happens then is we react. Most of the time we react. And that does not lead to an outcome that we want to. Instead, we could use mindfulness to know that we, we as humans experience a range of emotions and that is normal. So instead of reacting to the particular situation, recognize what emotions that you're going through. Once you recognize what emotions you are going through, take a step back. Look at it like a fleet of clouds. The emotions, I would say, are a fleet of clouds and they will pass away. It is normal to have these emotions because you're human. And understand what those emotions are actually telling you. If you're angry, why are you angry? If you're frustrated, what is it that is causing the frustration? Just a step back, a helicopter view of what is causing that emotion to happen. Pausing and then reflecting back on what is the next step I can do in the best interest of the work that needs to be done, looking at the bigger picture in mind. So I think it is a three-step process, especially applying mindfulness in leadership, recognizing that we are humans, we experience these emotions, taking a step back, detaching yourself from those emotions. And what I would say is, you know, having a helicopter view, pausing, and then taking the next step because action is what drives results. So it is not, um, we cannot control the feelings. We cannot control the feelings with our will. What is controllable is the action. And when you take a positive action, you will be able to feel differently. I'm so excited about the Inspirational Leadership Summit, and I thank you for inviting me to be a speaker on this summit. Tell us why you decided to put this together, because I know with all that you're doing, you're such a busy person. Why did you decide to create a summit? Right. So as I told you, it all started with me. I know, I noticed that I was complaining about the faulty traditional models that were not working. And I knew the work that I do is impacting a small group of people that I work with, other organizations that I work with. So I started thinking of how can I make a bigger impact? Because my big hairy goal is to make a big impact on a large number of people. So how could I do that? And I know there's beautiful, good amount of work done across the world from experts just like you, from thought leaders, like many thought leaders like Daniel Goldman, Kristen Neff, and and experts, coaches all around the world. So how could I bring the collective wisdom in one place in a way that benefits all? So that idea gave birth to the summit where I thought I could bring together the collective wisdom that is available all, all over the world at one place. So that's how emotional, uh, how inspirational leadership summit was born. 
So, so exciting. Yes, the goal of the summit is actually to empower people, be better leaders, grow as leader, close the leadership gap, learn the strategies, the tools, the techniques from world-class leaders and apply them in their daily lives to become an inspirational leader. And who are some of the speakers that you have on and, and what are some of the different topics related to leadership that they're going to cover? So thank you, Bruce, for um, uh, being a part of the team, that of the speaker team. So just like you offer your expertise on mindfulness and how we can use mindfulness across our lives and in business. So we have other speakers like Daniel Goldman, who speaks on emotional intelligence. We have Christian Neff, who spoke about self-compassion. We have uh, Andy Molinsky, who's speaking about how to move out of the comfort zone. We have Talvin Shahar, who is one of the most in-demand professors at Harvard for teaching psychology classes on leadership. So he spoke about happiness. We have uh, Michael Stanley, who speaks about how to get out of your own way. We have Dory Clark, who says um, about how to become a recognized expert. So there are many, I mean, great speakers. I'm so thrilled the way that uh, speakers have been generous enough with their ideas and thoughts. It is an amazing product that is coming out to be. This is an incredible lineup of speakers, Archana. This is really exciting. I'm, yes. I think it's, it's wonderful who you were able to get on. Now, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had in putting together this summit? Mm. Oh, I was challenges. <laughs> <laughs> question because I'm facing all the type of challenges from the beginning till now. From the beginning, it was like, I would not say it was a challenge. It was a challenge to reach out speakers. And I reached out a little bit late. So one of the lessons that I learned that the speakers are booked for the year. So, so maybe I could reach, I should have reached them out earlier. But yes, so reaching out to speakers and getting the time scheduling and because of the different time zones we operate, so scheduling the uh, speakers on time was a challenge. And one of the team members just very recently last week, he quit because of some personal challenges he had in his life. So again, getting another person on board, training them to do the work. And this person was doing a very important work that for the summit itself. So that was a big blow. So I had to do a lot of emotional intelligence and mindfulness work on myself to center myself and get, take the next action. So, and then, of course, the challenges of the summit, getting all the things together, promotions, all this is part of the journey. But I'm loving it. I'm loving the way the whole product is coming out to be. I'm really thankful to each one of uh, you guys, speakers, as well as other people who are supporting me in this initiative. Not only now, because after the summit, like I told you, I'm planning to have a community so that we can extend the support even beyond the summit because the challenge then becomes an implementation. How do you implement these great ideas, just like you said, of mindfulness in your day-to-day -day lives? So that's why we form a community of all the great uh, people that we have gathered together. So it is a collective work. I would say this is a work of collaboration. And yes, so I'm so happy to have uh, thought of this idea and then I come out with the summit and be grateful to all the people who have collaborated with me. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on it. And like I said earlier, inspirationalleadershipsummit.com is where you find the information. So go online and check it out and sign up for it because it's, it's going to be so exciting. November 5th, 
to the seventh are the dates. And is there anything else we should know about getting signed up for this summit, Archana? So November 5th to 7th is a live summit when it will be streamed. So it is available for 24 hours after the sessions are aired. It will be available free to watch. But there are many people who cannot watch the summit online because they're busy or they're traveling. So for or people want to keep the recordings. So for those people, we have created a VIP pass. So you can purchase the recordings where you have the audio recordings, the video recordings, the transcripts. And I've also specially compiled an action guide after listening to the speakers, which, which has the three big ideas from each speaker. It has the strategies, the two insights that I've got, along with two practical, actionable tips, and one reflection point of one next step that they could take after listening to that particular session. So this comes with the VIP pass. And plus, many of our speakers have been generous enough to give some of their content as a bonus item. So all this is packaged within the VIP pass. In addition, I have a 90-minute workshop that is being planned after the summit for leader development and a summit wrap-up and q and I'm also thinking of giving a free uh, three-month access to a community that is being formed for the summit for the people who purchase the VIP pass. That is so exciting and so much to offer if you get into the VIP pass, because, you know, I mean, it's great if you can get on there and listen to those interviews when they air. But of course, we can't always do that. So your choice to get the VIP summit so that you can listen later. So that's really exciting. So I'm so glad that you made those options available to everybody who's tuning in for the summit. That's exciting. Now, I want to switch over and talk a little bit about your own personal mindfulness, mindfulness in your life. What are some of your morning routines or your daily routines which relate to mindfulness, Archana? Right. So as soon as I get up, I make it a point to meditate for 20 minutes in the morning. So this is a non-negotiable time. I do. I'm a follower of TM meditation. That is a transcendental meditation. So I do that every day, 20 minutes. And then during the course of the day, I take five-minute break in the afternoon and also um, five minutes in the evening to reflect on how the day has been has gone. What, could, what did I do well? What could I have done differently? As well as to do a little bit of planning for the next day. So I do uh, practice mindfulness three times a day. First in the morning, 20 minutes, p.m. Somewhere around afternoon by one. I do a little check-in. So I just be mindful, go out for a walk or take a small break and see how is it, how am I thinking, basically reflecting on my own mindset, what emotions I'm going through and what I could, uh, I mean, just uh, just taking a stock of my emotions, my thoughts. And then evening is a self-reflection time and being grateful for all the different things that has happened during the day. So these are the three practices that I follow. In addition, uh, to the TM meditation. I also am just becoming more aware of the mindfulness on a day-to-day basis for all the activities that I do. Like when I walk, I try to be completely present when I'm walking. I try to feel the ground, you know, just feel the air. Those are the things which, um, which I'm trying. I mean, it's a learning curve for me, uh, doing it with every activity. But then, yes, that is helping me become more present. Also, with, when doing the dishes, I'm trying to be 
because uh, what happens naturally for me is I know when I'm doing the dishes, my mind is running into the next activity. Oh, I have got this to do. I have got to this to do. So instead of that, I'm trying to bring mindfulness in every activity. Doing the dishes is completely doing the dishes. I feel the water. I feel the uh, the dishes that I'm uh, doing. So trying to be completely present with every activity actually helps me a lot. So that is one of the newest activity that I have been uh, I have incorporated as part of mindfulness. And then I have my yoga routines. And I'm very particular. I'm very protective about my morning time. I don't check my emails or go into any reactive mode before I have completed few moments of yoga, meditation, writing time. So I do write for half an hour in the morning. So that is how I protect my time. Well, Archana, I know that you empower leaders and that you have been so inspirational with your your coaching and all the work you've done. What are some of the biggest challenges you've had or what is even one of the biggest challenges you've had as you've worked to inspire leaders? My challenges with inspiring people is many of the leaders, specifically when the leaders are in this part of the world, they consider emotional intelligence to be a soft skill, a nice to have skill. You know, so it is the challenge in getting the work is actually shifting the mindset, shifting the mindset that this is not a nice to have or a soft skill. I consider this as a must have skill. So shifting the mindset is taking a lot of time. But then when they see the results, it is transformational. It does take work and people have to be willing to do the work. So I recognize that some people are not willing to do the work. It's like they want instant results. So just like in mindfulness, you would not see instant results. It is, it is like you're building your muscle. So just like mindfulness helps you build your mind muscle, emotional intelligence helps you build your whole leader muscle. <laughs> so it, And this takes time. So just being patient and understanding that this is an evolving journey. And if people are not ready to do the work, they're not the type of people. I think understanding that, that some people are just not ready for this type of work and just be willing to uh, give the gifts to people who are willing to accept it has been the challenge as well as insight for me. Can you tell us a story of one of your clients that you've helped to transform into a new way of leading? Right. So this is a recent client who I was working with. He's um, vice president of one of the largest organizations uh, in the oil and uh, energy sector in Spain. So one of the challenges that he was completely ready for this kind of work. So that helped uh, helped me do this little changes in his day-to-day life. His challenge was he had some self-limiting beliefs that the larger corporation was not supporting him. So in our work together, we could understand what his self-limiting challenges were, what his self-limiting beliefs were. Because this is the thoughts that he had carried in his baggage based on his previous experience. So understanding, tapping those self-limiting beliefs, overcoming the biases that he had, and be, be and helping him create a more engaged and open um, atmosphere in the team helped me transform him into a more uh, uh, inspirational leader in his organization. And after the work that we have done together, he actually got called to the corporate office and. Uh, but promoted in his job. That's so fascinating to know. So Mindful Tribe, as you listen to this, I hope that you have in your mind those three words, those three words embedded, Inspirational Leadership Summit, because you can go to the website, 
inspirationalleadershipsummit.com and check it out. Uh, Daniel Goldman and so many others, Christian Malaf, so many other speakers as well. And I'm excited to be in that company also. So that's that's a thrill. Now, as we move forward, Archana, I would like to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person who has been inspirational to you in the area of mindfulness? First person who comes to mind for me is Gandhi, mm. because he is the change. His thought process was be the change that you want to see in the world. So if you are not happy with what is being done, just be mindful of that and become the change that you want to see. Absolutely. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Archana? You know, I was a much more uh, emotional person. Like I used to outburst and I had an extreme um, way of managing emotions. Either I would outburst or I would bottle them inside. And after I've done the work of mindfulness and emotional intelligence, neither one of them is good. Outburst or bottling them inside. I know now to recognize these emotions and skillfully manage these emotions. And these are all part of human experience. So just having mindfulness to have a space created between the stimulus and the response has helped me grow as a person. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Wow. That has been huge. This is really, really huge. And I'm glad you brought that up because whenever I face these triggers, whenever there's an external trigger, I just tell myself, breathe, breathe, deep breath in, pause for a moment, breathe out. And unless, and I actually feel the sensations, you know, the bodily sensations are different because when you breathe, it triggers the, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. Which, which is what prevents you from bringing in or from going into that hijack. We call it as amygdala hijack mode. So it stops you from being in that uh, fire, uh, fight and flight response and then calms and centers you down. So breathing is absolutely very, very important, especially in situations where you feel you are taken over by the emotions. Oh, that's great. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? I've recently read a book from Kristen Neff about self-compassion and uh, especially for women, because we are very hard on ourselves when things don't go away with critical and take, tend to take things personally that it is my fault or it is me and understanding self-compassion. And uh, Kristen Neff talks of three things, being kind, mindful, and knowing that this is a common human experience. So it is basically a formula of self-kindness, mindfulness, as well as uh, common human experience. So that has helped me a lot. I would highly recommend Christian Neff's book, Self-Compassion. Self-Compassion by Christian Neff. Yeah, thank you for that. Can you share any kind of app at all that can help with mindfulness? I had been using uh, Insight Timer for some time, and then I switch apps. I'm not a regular usage. Uh, I don't regularly use apps, but I uh, I do it. I do it on my own. So transcendental meditation does not require an app. So, but I regularly see what is in the market, and then it's not that I'm following anyone. Yeah, an insight timer is great. I agree with yeah. you. I use that one too. So that is awesome. Well, Archana, it's been fantastic to connect with you today and talk about the Inspirational Leadership Summit. I know that you're also on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn, Archana. N. Shetty is, right. is your identity on LinkedIn, Archana N. Shetty. So it's A-R-C-H-A-N-A 
And then there's an N in there for LinkedIn and then Shetty, S-H-E-T-T-Y. And you're, you also have a website under your name, Archana Shetty as well, archanashetty.com. So is there anywhere else we should connect with you, Archana? I think these are the best places for the summit. I would highly recommend your people to please come to the summit, see what the great leaders have to offer, because there's a lot of wisdom offered in the summit. You would get to know the strategies, the tools, the techniques to be mindful, to create a happy, engaged, and connected community, whether at work or in your personal life. So I would, I would really request your users to please come to inspirationalleadershipsummit.com. That's the immediate event. And my website, like you said, is archanashetty.com. And I'm more active on um, LinkedIn. So that's Archana and Shetty. These are the best places to find me. Awesome. Well, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And I can't wait for the summit. So thank you so much for being on Mindfulness Mode, Archana. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me. It has been wonderful talking to you about mindfulness and leadership and, and the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember to sign up for the free online summit, the Inspirational Leadership Summit. Go to mindfulnessmode.com slash I-L-S, Inspirational Leadership Summit. So many terrific interviews, a science-based look at leadership in today's world. The world's most respected thought leaders and experts reveal strategies on how to become an inspirational leader. Achieve health, happiness, and success. This summit starts November 5th, goes November 5th to the 7th with over 35 speakers, including me, yours truly. So exciting to be on the summit. So remember, Mindful Tribe, use what we learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.